I want to do good things here in Bell Fountain, and that's going to be buying buildings, um, finding ways we can recruit new businesses and new tenants. Anytime someone comes in with new ideas, and I think this is another thing that we really work to coach and help leaders and other communities do is um, there's a lot of resistance. Yeah. Change is hard. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's something that I've gotten very comfortable with of bringing people to the table and talking about stepping out of your comfort zone, yeah. talking about innovation. Cause there's a way to focus on innovation and preservation. Like you want to preserve what makes the town unique, it's history, it's DNA, but also some things need to change yeah. and that's a good thing. Hey everyone, my name is Ethan DeLeon and I'm here with our founder and CEO, Jason Duff. We want to welcome you to the Friday Small Talk podcast where we try to share some of the valuable lessons with what we have learned about entrepreneurship, real estate, economic development, and more. The point of this podcast is to create value for you, the listener, and to create a space to learn, talk about what's trending, and inspire others. So here's what we have lined up. Ethan, this is awesome. Um, This is podcast number one. And I know for the last several years at Small Nation, we have had this goal and vision to actually get this live. And what I'm so excited to be here today with you, um, sometimes we really work on perfection. And one of my mentors shared with me that good is good enough. And so Mm. this is it, like we are going live with this. I appreciate you uh, being the host and interviewee today or interviewer today. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get get started. Yeah, sure. So for the listeners, I'm a newer member of the team and, and interested in learning about some of the the spaces that small nation operates in myself. So Jason, take us back to the beginning. Where did it all start? So as a uh, product of a third generation family business, both my parents were small business owners. Um, I grew up in the town of Huntsville, Ohio. Uh, Huntsville's population is around 500 people. We have a gas station. Uh, We have one stoplight and (laughs) we have a little trolley that we are really proud of that serves sandwiches and ice cream. Um, so we have a restaurant and spending time growing up um, in a small town, working with my parents and my sister, um, it was, you know, a, a chance that it, it molded and, and shaped me. And, um, you know, being in that environment, I I have been bit by the entrepreneurial bug. <laughs> um, and, and I was always passionate about wanting to find and do something on my own. Um, my dad's businesses were in construction materials. We sold lumber and concrete and stone. And my mom was in retail. She had a Hallmark shop. Mm. So if you think of the years when there were uh, everything, everyone collected everything. So think <laughs> of curio cabinets, whether it's precious moments or cherished teddies. Like yeah. those were the years of like we, we sold and, and, and had, you know, people people loved buying gifts and greeting cards and, and all of that. So that really molded and shaped me to like be, I learned, but I wanted to do something on my own. And so... Um, real estate has always been something that's been fascinated, mm-hmm. fascinating to me. And um, I had a mentor that, you know, after I graduated college said, Jason, like, you know, I, I, if you don't want to uh, or know exactly what you want, you should go to real estate school. And so I ended up get my, getting my real estate license and bought my first property. Wow. Right out of college. So it was about a year or two after college. You have to understand, coming out of college, this was in about 2005, 2006, and that was when the recession hit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, finding jobs, really finding opportunities um, wasn't easy. And I I 
kind of didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but the time that I was away from college, um, from my hometown and my community, a lot of things changed. Um, the big box retailers kind of came into um, our community and mm-hmm. bought out the independent pharmacies. Uh, the men's clothing store, when I um, you know, was 13 years old, the owner, Jim Greer, he taught me how to tie a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, powerful experience as a young man. That also closed. My mom ended up selling and, and her business closed. So like, it, it was a time of transformation, but I think in those moments when things get difficult, there's also tremendous opportunity. So for me, it was being able to buy my first property. So bought my real estate license. Um, I found that there were these empty buildings and uh, particularly in Lakeview, Ohio. So uh, another very small town, but in a bustling area of Indian Lake, which is a tourism area, uh, the community bank closed. The big banks kind of came in and bought Mm. up the independence. It left an empty bank building. Yeah. Banks are really important for a small business ecosystem. And they're also important for consumers. But where do you get loans? Where do you make deposits? You know, where do you interact and learn about, you know, financial tools? When a community doesn't have a bank, that's a problem. Yeah. So um, that was my first project. I bought that building. Um, I got a private money loan from a family member to do that. Um, that wasn't easy, you know. A lot of traditional banks wouldn't lend me money because uh, empty bank buildings, empty buildings in general are are a tough a tough thing to turn around. Yeah. But I got that loan and then I knocked on a lot of doors of other community banks saying, hey, here's the reason why Lakeview, Ohio needs a bank. Um, and the big banks that bought up the little ones, there's still great uh, potential employees. There's great local businesses. There are people here that I think will support you. The community has your back. So when that new bank opened up, it led to other projects in Lakeview, Ohio to fill other empty buildings. Um, The the pharmacy that got kind of purchased by Rite Aid and the building was empty, we ended up finding a scratch and dent grocery store um, called the Downtown Discount Grocery that while the small town couldn't get a new grocery store, they that that scratch and dent and and that grocery store had great canned foods and products and things that um, the community needed mm-hmm. and that 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 one business the grocery store did so well at the one location we ended up expanding them and they added a whole bunch of other meats and fresh fruit and produce like it was kind of that testing ground to get things started so my whole kind of experience in DNA you know real estate has been a big part of what has founded Small Nation because it's tangible, it's real, it's visible. But I think the deeper thing is really looking out looking out to the things that every small business owner needs to grow, to prosper, and to be successful. And so our company is built all around what we think that small towns and small businesses are a big deal. Yeah, that's great. So, you, I mean, you touched on this a little bit, like real estate is obviously a big piece in the small nation, but can you just like give us a quick overview as we're just setting the, the basis for this podcast and just for anyone listening, what what all does small nation encompass and what is what is the small nation brand? Well, I, I love the, the word that you use brand, like for the longest time, um, we didn't have a name for what we did. Yeah. Um, and depending on when you met me uh, in my past, like I've done a lot of different things. Um, I've worked in family business, um, helping people with concrete driveways, <laughs> um, stone for their for their yard, um, and I've also sold 
custom and printed greeting cards at Christmas time. <laughs> I've fit people with orthopedic shoes. Um, I have helped rent uh, people self storage units. Like depending, and I think that's the the entrepreneur's journey is that we have a background um, that lends itself to where we end up. And I think the 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 whole body of my work has been what can I do to get to the next level and what can I do um, that solves more meaningful and significant problems in the world? And I think if you can find a job that every day you get up and you feel good about it and you feel like you're accomplishing something, for, for me, that's that's how I'm wired. And I, mm-hmm. I love transformation. So um, we started getting into real estate. Um, I mentioned the, the work in Lakeview, Ohio. Well, to get to the next level, we had to um, think of a, a vehicle that banks and investors would care about. And it's not that they don't care about historic buildings or um, small towns, but I needed something that that really was kind of a rubber stamp to say, oh, that makes sense and I'd love to lend you money or I'd love- As love an to- investor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so um, self-storage is really how we really? got started. And when I first heard like someone saying, well, have you thought about looking and learning about self-storage? I'm like, you mean those very- little boring garages on the side of the road. (laughs) And it didn't come important to me until I, as a college student, was remembering that, um, you know, in the fall and the spring, like all the stuff that you take to your campus dorm room, you need a place to keep it. Like, and and, um, it just came about that being around Indian Lake, um, people had boats and jet skis and there's, they would renovate their lake house and there wasn't a great place to store stuff. So we started building self-storage facilities and I was the guy in the beginning that um, didn't you know, really have a sophisticated system. I had a spreadsheet and every time I got a new tenant or, or customer, I'd write their name down, what unit number they're in and how much they would pay me. And then I just assumed people would pay me. Well, mm people didn't pay me. <laughs> and so like, uh, the, the, yeah. And, and this was also in the days where I literally had a phone line and a little office and I would sit by the phone waiting for, for it to ring for someone that wanted a self storage unit. And I also wow. had an answering machine. Like this is like pre cell phone. <laughs> I had an answering machine that I would like read all the, the prices and the sizes. And then I was so excited to arrive at the storage facility, like hoping that someone left me a message to call them back to renting <laughs> it. But I think of those early experiences where there's tons of learning, but I started like interacting with customers and especially small business owners. And when they would rent a storage unit, oftentimes it would lead up a conversation to say, Hey, like I am, I've got my small business out of my storage unit, but I really wish I had a storefront. I really wish I had more office space. So like, I think what the DNA has been in creating small nation, it has been really listening to our customers and our communities of what they're missing Mm. or what significant problems the community has. So a lot of times you go into a town and they'll say, this town isn't significant or special or unique because yeah. it might be because we lack great restaurants. We lack um, awesome places for people to live. We're missing the really cool coffee shop or we're missing a place to like incubate a business idea that I have. Like yeah. what I, as what I would drive around to so many towns, I would meet people that felt unappreciated and underappreciated but had these tremendous gifts, ideas, and abilities. Sometimes they were labeled. And that's something else that I think is the heartbeat of what we do. Like, I am all about fully embracing weird. Yeah. 
So Ethan, as we go on this like podcast journey, more of my weird is going to come out. <laughs> like I'm just going to warn the listeners today. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty unique. Like I, um, you know, I, I have these kind of quirks and these unique kind of things. It's part of my DNA, but I like, that's but if you're not weird. You're boring. Well, I'm glad you, I, I agree with you about that. I'm glad, you know, there are others. And I think that's kind of what we have done is that, you know, we, we resonate with small towns, we resonate with small businesses, but um, we identify people that have these superpowers, these, yeah. these creative skills, these talents. And like, why don't you, you know, come work with us, come hang with us. Let's, you know, join the team um, and, and let's build something great. Build this nation. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that kind of leads me into my next question. Um, I once heard it said that a basic formula for business is a need plus an offering or like a solution. So it's no secret that small nation is associated with Bell Fountain. You're talking about, you know, over by Indian Lake, but what, what needs did you see in Bell Fountain that you could see aligning with your own like personal ventures? you know, as an entrepreneur, you're out there, you know, trying to, trying to make your name and, you know, try to win. Like, what did you see in Bell Fountain? You were t touching on some of those, I think, briefly, but like, what made you want to come here? So if you think back to um, your sports days at, at high school, yeah. um, there's always these rivalries in these small towns. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand, I grew up in Indian Lake. Bell Fountain was the larger school, the county seat, mm. probably the most competitive sports rivalry. So it was a little tough for me starting out, like starting to think about working in Bell Fountain. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes some people, not everyone, but some, some people were not very friendly. <laughs> like there's this, at the time I was pretty young, pretty naive, but like had lots of bold, interesting ideas. Um, and I was like, I want to do good things here in Bell Fountain. And that's going to be buying buildings, um, finding ways we could recruit new businesses and new tenants. Anytime someone comes in with new ideas, and I think this is another thing that we really work to coach and help leaders and other communities do, is um, there's a lot of resistance. Yeah, change is hard, yeah. and and it's 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 something that I've gotten very comfortable with of bringing people to the table and talking about stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, talking about innovation because there's a way to focus on innovation and preservation. Like you want to preserve what makes the town unique, its history, its DNA, but also some things need to change. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So um, our migration was, is that Bell Fountain was an underrated struggling town, but had an incredible history and had a lot of people that had fond memories of when it was in its glory days. Mm. And I remember hearing those stories about, um, it was a railroad town. And the reason why there's so many great historic buildings and building stock in Bell Fountain is there was a lot of wealth and industry and innovation and creativity here 120, 130 years ago. Yeah. But like happens to a lot of towns, they go through different cycles and it just happened that Bell Fountain was in a very deep depression and was struggling. Um, you know, the common things of empty buildings, of people wanting to leave town, so population decreasing, young people feeling like there's no hope or reason why they would want to stay in the community after school. These are the common kind of things that you hear in a lot of towns, but I just recognize Bell Fountain was close enough, and it was also something after having experience working in Lakeview and Indian Lake, there were, there were lessons and experience and knowledge that I felt I could translate and do in a bigger city and wow. a bigger market. Yeah. Um, and, and so that really became where we... Um, you know, develop small nations, small nation invest 
in places, spaces, and dreams for small towns and entrepreneurs. And that DNA was the transition of what can we do to come into a town to get that investment engine going, those new ideas um, flowing, and meeting people that want to work together to really make an underrated town cool again. Yeah. And here we are 10 plus years, you know, in the future. And, and can you just touch on some of the projects maybe that like in this downtown Bell Fountain area, like where, where are you sitting today with, with downtown well, and, buildings? And what I'm excited over the next, um, you know, year or so with, with this podcast is we're going to dive into more of those stories. Yeah. And I think that, that the success today is very easy to talk about. Um, and I think some of the, the facts and statistics make it look very easy. It's yeah. not been easy. But what I think is going to be fun is you're going to be hearing from guests that have been at the ground level and really built new restaurants and new gyms and salons and retail stores, all the things that are the fabric of a successful revitalization for a downtown. Um, but, you know, success speaks for itself. You know, we are now, you know, 12, 15 years throughout the process of this experiment. And um, there's a lot of things to be very proud of. Mm. You know, we've renovated 56 historic buildings. Um, we have uh, recruited and helped start uh, seven new downtown restaurants yeah. and eateries. Um, we've got 34 upper four loft apartments, 20 plus specialty retail stores. All collectively, about $40 million of capital has been invested in downtown Bell Fountain to, to renovate, improve, and start these businesses up. And here's why that matters, is that it's created 180 new downtown jobs, and all of that is attributed to improving the tax base, both for real estate taxes, income taxes. Um, and, and not only that, the, the, those are the kind of the, the quantifiable data points the things that's more um, heart and more emotion is it's restoring the pride and the yeah. um, the energy for how people feel about living, working, and doing business. Something here. you can be proud of. Yeah, that's great. So, what do you think is next for Small Nation? I mean, we've come, you know, you've come on this crazy journey, and here you are, you know, sitting here, and all these crazy things are happening in Bell Fountain. Um, what do you think is coming down the pipe? Well, I think that uh, we're going to continue to um, double down on the great, you know, businesses and and tenants and things happening here in downtown Bell Fountain. But we're really excited to take all of the lessons, knowledge, and um, the the experiences that we've had here and help other communities, not just here in the state but around the country. Um, mm -hmm. So we, you know, we have a lot of different ways from a consulting perspective, from a, an investing perspective of meeting people that are like us and other communities and um, giving them um, not only a plan, but giving them um, tangible, actionable items that they can be doing to make their town better and to start that engine. So I think the, the biggest thing that we're excited about is um, learning about what other communities are having challenges with, other investors are having challenges with, but then giving them case studies, giving them examples, giving them um, education and knowledge. And I think that's the big thing I'm most excited about this podcast is I want to be as helpful, um, as real, as open and honest about how to, how to achieve success. Um, not just financial success, but also, um, really building a team, building a company, um, building a community, like all of those things are, 
um, are really, really important and they all need to work together. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the things that are next for us are, are really exciting. Um, it, it, it's going to be developing awesome content. It's going to be expanding our reach um, beyond Bell Fountain and then um, telling our story. And, yeah. and then I think when people hear this, what naturally tends to happen, and I encourage them to do this, is you've got to come walk the streets, eat in the restaurants, shop the shops, come experience and see this for yourself. Yeah. Because listening and reading and absorbing content, how I learn and a lot of people learn in different ways is I learn by doing. Yeah. And so um, if that is someone, you know, if you're listening to this, like we're going to load you up with the links, the, um, the case studies, the, the examples, but my hope is, is that people feel compelled enough. They want to sign up for a course. Um, They want to sign up and come take a tour those are the things that um, throughout the journey of this podcast, we're going to be sharing a lot more about. Yeah, super excited. And I think there's a lot of opportunity as you're touching on to, <clears throat> there's a lot of different areas. It's like a holistic approach. And, you know, we've had the great opportunity to interact with a lot of, you know, thought leaders throughout the state and, and beyond. And, um, you know, figuring out, you know, sharing with what has worked for us, but then also figuring out their specific situation as well. I think that'd be great. Um, and I think, you know, through this podcast, we'll be able to get some, some awesome insight for, from some awesome guests. So, um, before we kind of close out here, um, I would like to do this, you know, at the end of every episode, but do you have like one, like just super practical, like golden nugget that you could leave us with, you know, can be related to the topic or even if it's something, you know, off the cuff, um, just something that, that, that the listeners can take away. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is um, gr- personal growth really starts with um, taking those incremental steps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just opening up, uh, I feel that what's kept us from doing this is we've expected it to be perfect. Yeah. And I think being authentic and real, but for, for us as a team and for the, the listeners that are um, that are on today, like sometimes the first step is just reading the book, listening to the podcast, taking one tangible thing and implementing it. Mm. And I just want to you know compliment you, Ethan, um, for getting getting this started and also <laughs> pushing me to say, Jason, we've been talking about it a lot. Yeah. Um. Let's just get on. Um. Let, let's put the headphones on. Let's let's get talking. So. Um, I think for anyone listening, it, it is really finding that friend, that coworker that's also going to be your accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so throughout this journey, I am excited for you to be um, be helping us produce, grow, and um, hopefully we can have an incredible um, journey along the way. But uh, yeah, incremental steps, accountability partner, um, let, let's let's get this, this, this party on the road. Nice. <laughs> you left us with a couple there. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and checking out the Friday Small Talk podcast. You can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even YouTube. I hope that you were able to pull some value out of that conversation, and we hope to see you in the next one. And if you haven't subscribed already and are looking for more of this kind of content, be sure to check out the Friday Small Talk newsletter that goes out every week. Stay tuned to Small Nation on social ne- social media and keep up with everything that is happening here. There are lots of exciting projects in the works, and uh, until next time, this is Friday Small Talk signing off. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you.